It's time to start rallying around America's young conservatives and explore what it means to be a young Republican in the 21st century, in a world where it seems like everyone under 30 must be a liberal. These are the stories you haven't heard before from the voices of America's young conservatives. So let's find out what it truly means to be raised right. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of the Raise Right Podcast. I'm your host, Rayleigh Klein, ready to bring you more stories of today's young conservatives. This week's guest is a young woman by the name of Veronica Novembre, who is a fiery young conservative and has been speaking out against the crazy mask mandates, vaccine mandates, um, being imposed not only on college students, but employees across the country. With Joe Biden's latest announcement of trying to enforce all businesses with over 100 employees to require their employees to be vaccinated, we had a really good discussion about what that looks like, not only for the future of our country, but especially young conservatives, if we choose not to push back against this and just how important it is that we do so. So Veronica, welcome to the show. So glad to have you on. Why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you were raised and if you were raised right, what that looked like and how it shaped who you are today. So I was definitely raised right. I have two Um, incredible parents who have been married for 35 going on 36 years and um, we were very active in our church community for you know my entire life growing up and then I started working on Sunday so I couldn't go anymore but um, my faith is still very important to me and and it's a big part of my life and and who I am as a person and the reason why I'm so passionate about these issues because I don't think that anyone should have the right to decide anything for us. That's it. Everything should be our choice. Um, when it comes to your body, your body is a temple. So you're not supposed to be juicing yourself up with chemicals and all that stuff. I mean, it's one thing if it's, if it's legitimately for your health and you've done the research and you feel like it's something that is beneficial to you personally on a personal level and you, you know, you know what you're doing. That's one thing. But when it's something that's being forced on you by an employer or a university, or even like a family member or a friend is pressuring you or harassing you or bullying you, because that's happening too. It's just, that should not be happening. You shouldn't be. I mean, if someone said in order to work here, you need to smoke a pack of cigarettes a day. Would we be doing that? It's not, it's not right in my opinion. Right. I agree 100%. So yeah. we go back to your childhood and, and your upbringing, obviously church and, and Christ is very important to you. Um, what were the conversations, or I guess, did you guys have conversations about politics growing up? Cause that was something I know from my own experiences that politics is never taboo in our household and to a lot of people it is. And so I'm interested if like you had that same experience. No, it was never taboo in my household. I've known pretty much my whole life that Ronald Reagan was my dad's favorite president. It's just something that I always knew. And I knew I was going to have a problem when, because I, I went to public school. So like in middle school, when we started talking about like getting deeper into U.S. history and, and civil politics and, and all that stuff, one of my teachers said that Ronald Reagan was one of the worst presidents we've ever had in American history. And I was like, okay, that is not what I grew up hearing 
and understanding. So that confused me. And we came home and had a whole conversation about that. So it's always been an open discussion in my house. My parents always talked to us about what was going on in the world. I have a brother too. He, he could attest to this, but um, they basically would say, like, explain to us in simple terms that didn't terrify us what was going on. And then they would explain where they stood and then explain kind of why other people feel differently and then let us make up our minds. And we, we asked questions and had, I mean, we still have discussions. My parents and I, we talk about a lot of this stuff and sometimes it gets heated and we don't always agree, but for the most part, we're, we're on the same page with everything. So I'm grateful for that too, because there's a lot of people that I know who are not on the same page with it, whether it's their parents or anyone in their family. That's, it's hard. It's really hard. It is. And for a lot of people, the first time that they have those political conversations is in the classroom, unfortunately. And so instead of having it be a discussion where you're shown both sides and allowed to make your own opinion, it's decided for you. And if you go against the grain, then you're the outcast. And there's a lot of pressure with social groups, especially in school to, you know, fit in and go with the flow. And so I think it takes a lot of young people in the wrong direction, unfortunately. Absolutely. There was actually, I remember during the first um, Obama election when it, when it was Obama-McCain, and I think I was in middle school for that too, and, and my teacher who like, I still can't believe that he did this this way because I could have been bullied really mm -hmm. bad. It was before like it was really intense politically, or at least that I knew it was intense politically, but he said, if you were going to do a project, so if you want to work on the Obama administration, go to this side of the room. And if you want to work on the McCain administration, go to this side of the room. And I was the only kid who went to the right side, to the McCain side, not the right, the, the right side. Yeah. <laughs> you were on the right side. <laughs> I, no, everyone was just staring at me. And I was like, well, am I doing this by myself? He had to force kids to work with me. And I basically did everything by myself because no one wanted to work on that so it was just that was like I can't believe I didn't get bullied for that that was amazing I still can't believe he did like how how would, why would you do that I think he was just expecting that to be a little more 50. even it was yeah. not wow that's scary yeah. and it, yeah. it's not even just in colleges like you just pointed out this stuff happens in middle school and high school and now it's starting to go into elementary school and it's like yeah we have to take our kids back it's insane I agree it's and this, the, this whole, even beyond like the critical race theory thing, it's, it's the sexualizing of our children. Like I, I feel like they're stealing the youth of these kids by inviting these topics in, into kindergarten classrooms mm -hmm. where it's like, why does it, why do you need to know that? Why do you need to? feel like oh well just because I was born with you know female parts doesn't mean I'm a female it's so confused like I can't imagine thinking on that level like I didn't even know what homosexuality was until I was in middle school like I don't know if, like was I just naive or was that like purposely not introduced to me so that I didn't have to be thinking and confused about those things growing up. I just, it's not fair what we're doing to these kids. It's really not. Right. It isn't at all. So I want to dial back and go into kind of what we started talking about originally and how we connected was over the vaccine mandates in colleges and how they're taking 
so many opportunities and, and choices away from students. So I want to hear about your own personal experiences with that and why you became such a spokesperson against it. So, well, I'm not actually in college. I'm 25, so I'm in the real world. I'm working. I didn't, I didn't go to call a four-year school. I went to community college, mm -hmm. um, my area. So I've been out of that for a while, but it's just, I can't imagine accumulating the GPA or the sports accolades, the trophies, whatever it is to go to the school that you want to go to and study what you want to study. And then them tell you, you can't, you can't do that because you're not going to get this vaccine when you're probably most likely perfectly healthy without it. You're perfectly safe without it. Like there's obviously anything can happen, but for someone to tell you that you have to put these chemicals in your body in order to attend the school that you want to go to, that you've been dreaming of. And it's just, I don't know. It's, it's just crazy to me because you're working up and you're working up and then you get to that point and you might have the, the exemption, the medical exemption or the religious exemption. And they're denying that too. And it's like, where does, where does it end? Like, where are we drawing the line where like, it's fair? There's no, I just feel like there's no in between. And for me, I see it a lot more um, in like, in places of work. I have a lot of friends who are, you know, they're, they're pretty important where they work and they, they're very helpful in making sure everything runs smoothly and goes the way it's supposed to go. And now they're getting these emails like, oh, you have to, you have to show proof of your full vaccination or the date that you're going to get your second shot, or you could be facing consequences, but they don't specify what those consequences are or what they could be. So you're, you're not giving people the opportunity to even earn a living for themselves. Like even after they went to school and got the degree and now they have the job and now you're going to kick them out of the job. Like what does me having a vaccination have anything to do with what I can bring to your company or what I can bring to your university? It's not fair. It's not right. It isn't. And you're, you're so right. You bring up a good point. This is beyond just our education systems. These people have gotten degrees. They spent years working on this. They've spent years in the field and dedicated so much of their life to, to their occupation. And now it's being threatened because they won't get a jab in the arm. Exactly. I'm just waiting for people to step up and say, no, this is the line. We're not, we're not going to do it. And it hasn't happened yet. And I'm shocked. And even now, now that the CDC and the White House aren't even mandating this. So I'm not like, I, wh what makes somebody feel like they have the right to tell somebody else, you have to go do this mm -hmm. in order to work for me or in order to attend my school? Like, I'm, where does that, like, are you just, were you just waiting for this moment to like be able to just okay, well, this is my chance to be a tyrant and do what I want to do. And this is, I'm the king of this and you have to do what I say. And this is just their opportunity. Like, do you really believe that everyone needs to get this vaccine or are you just taking this opportunity to be a little micro tyrant in your, in your life? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good way to put it because 
it's unreal how easily people have just taken it this and ran with it. And what about, you know, my body, my choice and the opportunity to, to choose what's best for you. I mean, that's right. my whole two cents on it is like, I don't care what you do with your body, what you decide to do. I have my own beliefs. You have yours. That's fine. But don't make me do something that I don't want to do or don't think is best for my well-being. Right. And it's also with the my body, my choice thing, I feel like this is a lot of this was fear-based. Like people ran and got this vaccine because they were afraid and whatever you're, you know, I, I feel like a lot of the, my body, my choice thing isn't, I mean, it is kind of a lack of, you know, you don't want to take responsibility for your actions, but I think it's also the fear that they drill into you. Like, you're not going to be able to have a life. You're not going to be able to have a career or find somebody who's going to want to be with you and your kid. Like, if you take the fear out of it and you give these people just the facts and the information and let them make their own decision, you might be surprised at the way they choose. I mean, I don't think I would be so hesitant with this vaccine or so up in arms about the mandate of it if you weren't mandating it. Like if you were saying, okay, this is an option for you. If you wanna protect yourself and you do the research and you feel like this is something that you should do for yourself, then I might feel differently about it. But the way that you're drilling it into, like it's do or die. It's not, it's not do or die. And you shouldn't feel like that in order to have a job, in order to get an education. It's, it's, it's sickening is what it is. It's just on top of the fear of the virus, people now have to like, am I gonna be able to feed my family? Am I going to be able to go and get a job at all? Because people are having that problem too. Like, well, I'm afraid that I'm going to go apply for this position at this company and they're not going to tell me I have to verify, you know, show proof of my vaccine verification or whatever it is and then get hired. And then they're stuck like, okay, well now you have to show proof that you got the vaccination because we hired you. And then you're like, you got the job and you felt comfortable, you felt safe in that environment. And then they, they turn it around and make you feel like you have to expose yourself. Cause that's really what it is. It's very private. And for you to have to expose your personal medical information to someone that you don't know, just because that's your employer, they're not above you. It, you shouldn't have to disclose that if you're not comfortable disclosing that. That should be your choice. Well, isn't that a like major HIPAA violation too, that your medical information is supposed to be private and not shared with anyone that you don't want to share it with? I'm so glad you said that because I've been saying that and people are like, well, no, because they're saying that for whatever reason it is like, oh, if you're a private business, you don't have to abide by HIPAA. I'm like, isn't the whole point of HIPAA to protect the individual from the corporation? from government like that's the whole that's the whole point like you can't go like to a nurse's office in school and they have to like ask your permission to tell your parent that you have a headache or a stomach ache like but but I have to tell my employer about my vaccination status like what's next do you want to know like I don't know what do you what else do you want to know do you want to know my blood type do you want to know like how you know have I ever had an abortion do I take birth control like what where does it where's the boundary that I can say like I don't need to tell you that Mm -hmm. I don't want to tell you that and I shouldn't have to justify my reason for that it's private that's the whole point of privacy 
Right, exactly. And another huge part of this too that the left is so good at is the virtue signaling and the moral high ground. They use it as a tactic to get people to do what they want all the time. And especially with this, and I'm, that's what has infuriated me the most is that people are like, oh, you didn't get the vaccine. You must hate your grandma. Like you must really want people to be sick and end up in the hospital. It's like, what if, if you truly think that this vaccine works, it shouldn't matter if anybody else got it. Like if you believe in the science, why does it matter if someone else did or didn't? But my question for that is also, because it says blatantly on the website, it doesn't guarantee immunity and it doesn't guarantee that you're not going to contract or transmit the virus. So if you're getting it to protect yourself, that's it, you're protecting yourself from maybe you won't have symptoms as bad. You won't have to get hospitalized or put on a ventilator, but you're not protecting anybody else. Right. You can still get it and you can still give it. So why are we acting like it's a virtue at all? Because it's not, you're, you're protecting yourself. You're not protecting the little kids in the school. You're not protecting grandma and grandpa. It's, it's about you and how comfortable you feel. Right. And that's why it should be a personal decision. Right. Exactly. You would think. Right. No, it's crazy how we got to this point. So where did all this, you know, fiery passion of yours for topics like this come from? I mean, we love it. We see so many people that are scared to speak up and say anything. And then we have a handful of individuals like you who are like, no, like this is wrong. We need to do something. Um, it is scary. And I like, sometimes I catch myself. I'm like, do I want to repost that? Like, do I really want to get the backlash and the the venom that people, and they do, like, sometimes I get some nasty things said to me, but it's not, it's not even, it's, I think most of it is just people want to be heard mm-hmm. and want to be understood. And I kind of let go of that whole, like, expectation of being understood and being heard. It's like, I have this space which isn't a lot. I I only have like 1500 followers on my Instagram, but I have this space to say what I feel needs to be said. And if people are going to see it, even if it, if it doesn't like, if people don't agree with it, but it makes you think that's like a win for me. Like if I'm just making you think about something that you never would have, you know, thought about thinking about it from the conservative perspective, that's, you know, that's it for me. But I think it's just, if, like, if no one says anything, who's it, like, who's going to say, who's going to be fighting these things on a more minuscule level? Like, if I don't have, if I'm not in a university, or I'm not having this problem personally, but I know someone who is, and they can't speak up, or they feel like they can't speak up, someone has to, like, someone has to be saying these things, and making it so that people know that they're not alone in the things that they're feeling and what they're thinking. And it's, it's just, I don't know. It's not really about me. That's what it is. It's not about you. It's about the doing the right thing. And that's, that's just what it is. It's just doing the right thing. And I don't think you have to be political or religious to feel that way. I don't think you have to, you don't even really have to be passionate about it. You just have to, you have to see it for what it is and be able to make an opinion and stand by that opinion. And that's the, 
now is people people feel like they can't even have an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Definitely. Yeah, they're scared to speak up or say like anything because of people coming after them. Right. And, and it's a terrifying thing. And that's totally not what this country is supposed to be about. Right. Not at all. You know, and that's, I think the biggest reason of why I started this podcast was to empower young conservatives that have the confidence in what they believe, or even if they're not a young conservative, but they're just young and really passionate about something. Right. They exactly. should have the confidence to speak up about it without fear of anybody coming after them. Exactly. And to, I like what you said about how a lot of times the first political discussion that you have is in a classroom. And if you, for whatever reason, don't agree or you don't, you don't want to even provoke a question that would make it seem like you don't agree. How are you supposed to navigate that? If you feel like you're, if, if you feel like you're the only one who's feeling that and you're in a classroom with a bunch of people who are like literally holding up a pitchfork, if you say the wrong thing, it's just, I don't know. I feel like the more people who stand up and speak up, it's, it'll be like a domino effect. Yeah, I think so too. Cause then they realize that they're not alone, right? Like right. I wish when I spoke up and I'm sure you feel this way too, that I knew how many other people felt the same way I did. I would have done it a lot sooner and a lot louder. Exactly. Exactly. And we have like, we have to do it before we can't do it. Mm -hmm. We just keep being like the silent majority. There's not going to be a majority anymore because it's just going to be silent. It's just going to be, there's not going to be a movement at all. Right. Exactly. For someone else to go do it. And then it never gets done. Right. Exactly. So yeah, you, someone, someone has to do it. And I, I've made a lot of friends Mm -hmm. by speaking up and posting these things on my social media, like people who I've seen in passing or whatever, who would see what I'm posting and say like, oh my God, I totally agree with that. I thought I was the only one, like keep posting, keep saying it. You're doing a really good job, whatever it is. I've lost people as well, but in my mind, it's like, if you're not even going to have the respect for me to still want to be around me because we have a different opinion, I don't really want to be around you anyway. Like that's not fair. I would have never done that to you. I, I, I don't know. It's just the tolerant left. They're so, they're so tolerant. It's amazing. It's just the projection that's been going on is it's, it's scary. It's really scary. It is absolutely. So what advice would you have for somebody that's sitting in a classroom right now, listening to this, who has opinions, but they're terrified to speak up and say anything about it? What would you tell them? I would say know your facts before you say anything because you're going to have to back yourself up. But if you know what you're talking about and you feel like you need to speak up, speak up because you'll regret not saying something more than you'll regret saying something. Like maybe you'll feel like I should have said it differently. Just say it. Just say it and then you can work on how you say the things that you're going to say. Right. 
exactly. And I think we get this big misconception that like you have to have this massive following for you to say anything and for what you say to have any influence at all. You know, like you have to have millions of followers on Instagram or something for it to count. And it's, it's so not the case. Like sure those people are effective, but it's also just as effective to be someone with 20 followers on Instagram in the classroom saying something because you're talking to everybody else in there and you're making waves and there's no small act when it comes to this. Like every little thing is going to matter. Exactly. Even if it's just among your peers and you're not in a classroom or you're not in a workspace, but you, you have an opportunity to talk to somebody about these things and maybe they don't care or maybe they disagree with you but just to get the ball rolling on the discussion mm -hmm. is like get people thinking you don't have to argue you don't have to you know get heated about it you just have to have the conversations and that's that's the most important thing is being able to have those conversations with the people around you because a lot of people either feel like they can't or or legitimately like they're gonna get bullied or ostracized but the the whole play on you could get canceled or people aren't going to want to be your friend that's so not true that's not true at all like the people who are going to be in this movement are they're going to find you you'll find them it's don't worry about it right the faith and speak up and the what you give out will come back to you Absolutely. I love that. Well, thank you, Veronica, for coming on and sharing your thoughts with us. We need more passionate patriots like you out there fighting for student freedoms and just the truth. It's like disappeared. So it's good to have right. fighters. Thanks for having me on. If you're a conservative ready to stand firm in their beliefs and fight for freedom, you're not going to want to miss a single episode of the Raise Right podcast. You can subscribe on any of your favorite podcast apps so you're up to date on what's going on in the political world. Be sure to like, follow, and share our content on the Instagram page at Raise Right Podcast and Facebook and Twitter at Raise Right Pod. This is what it means to be raised right. Podcasts by Federated Media.